Welcome to Where Wine Takes You, a wine podcast, yes, about wine, yes, people, stories, and today about harvest. We're getting down to the pulse of harvest in California's hottest and most exciting, most unpredictable wine region, Paso Robles Wine Country. And I am your host, Adam Montiel. So first, okay, big news in Paso Wine Country. Give me some news music. Come on, let's go big with this. Let me go anchor man with it. A well-known winery has recently been acquired by Treasury Wine Estates for a substantial $900 million deal. Let's break it down. Enough with the music, here we go. Yes, Dow Vineyards, situated right here in our Adelaide sub-AVA region, has had a lot of attention and accolades in recent years and recently inked a deal worth $900 million with an option if some goals are met to reach another $100 million, bringing it to a billion-dollar deal. Established by the Dow Brothers George and Daniel back in 2007, the winery has earned a lot of recognition for its cab and Bordeaux-style blends. And now Treasury, a global wine and spirits company, has entered the picture. With a history spanning over a century, Treasury is home to several renowned brands, including Penfolds, Behringer, and Stag's Leap. The acquisition means that Dow Vineyards is now part of Treasury's extensive portfolio. While it's not a local secret anymore, this move ideally will bring new resources and expertise to Dow, helping them reach even greater heights. So what's next? Well, while the future of Dow under a Treasury ownership is yet to be seen, undoubtedly it's a significant development for our local wine scene. We'll be watching closely, seeing how the partnership evolves. I texted Danny in Italy and of course asked him to come on. He's just not able to do so yet. I'm confident when the time is right for him, he definitely will. He's always been very open and has made himself very available to me throughout our friendship on and off the air. So we wish all the best to Daniel, George, Maeve, Marino, the entire team at Dow Vineyards from your friends at Where Wine Takes You. So stay tuned for more updates on this acquisition as it's bound to have a lot more stories that come of it. And when Paso Wine makes global headlines, you can bet we're going to be there to keep you all caught up. Now, speaking of all caught up, all in all, most wineries, as far as Harvest 23, are just that, caught up. Now, not everyone's done, that's for sure. I live near Russ and Valia from Herman Story and Desperada. I was just walking the dog, saw Russell outside. He mentioned they did 54 tons a day ago. That's 108 of those big square macro bins you see in a day. Now for his operation, that's several times more than normal. So big work happening all around town and I can't wait to get into the conversations today. And yes, I said conversations. We're gonna dig deep to discover what our brothers and sisters in Paso are seeing this harvest. Now this podcast is gonna be great because you could take this info when we're talking about what people are seeing in real time in Harvest 23. And remember what you hear today and when you're at another place, you can be like, hey, I heard this person was saying it was like A, B, C. And wherever you're at could be like, oh yeah, for us too, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe they're gonna be like, no, it was actually like X, Y, Z, a little bit more like this for us. That arms you with even more useful and real on the ground, real life experience info about Harvest 2023. So ask a lot of questions. Then months down the line, when we start tasting some of the whites or a couple years down the line, when we're tasting the reds, you're going to go, ah, okay. It'll come back to you, what you heard, what you learned right now. It also helps far down the line to recall this harvest and these conditions and stories when you're deciding which library bottle to buy or to open and how to interpret them. I can't emphasize how important your questions on harvest really are for you and how you learn about wine. So ask a bunch. 
And we'll start now. Today's episode, we're at the Paso Wine Harvest Party. It's a get-together for wine growers, so we have a bunch of men and women sharing stories, and I am pulling some of them into my little nook here at The Fablest, and we're taping a show. So we got six different people to chat with today, so I am pumped. Hopefully, we'll catch you up with some of your favorite names, maybe even introduce you to one or two that you need to learn more about. Like I said, we're at The Fablest, a beautiful spot. Used to be Pomar Junction. There's a real train out here. Rolling hills and the beautiful topography that's consistent with the El Pomar sub-AVA. Now let's see who we got first. In walks Chris Toronto from Paso Wine, just fresh off a trip, spreading the gospel in Denver. We'll ask about that. Also, Cameron Ingalls, very talented photographer, videographer, great guy that has made a niche covering the wine community. We're all sitting down, chatting, and Joel Peterson, executive director of Paso Wine, has Cameron's camera in his hands. He's snapping away. So give me that moonshine, we'll get by. We pass on round till the job is done. Can't in the trees, we're all simplifying good company. Are you nervous that Joel Peterson has your $17,000 camera? <laughs> I'm not nervous at all. That thing's insured. I have really great insurance. Cameron Ingalls, tell me about, um, it's Acacia. Yeah. Acacia Ac Productions. But I see you at all of, I mean, you're really plugged in. You're a photographer. You're a videographer. You do incredible aerial stuff. I've seen you over the years forever. We've mm -hmm. become friends. And you're very, very talented. Thank you. You've turned this into a business where literally you work a lot with our producers, our winemakers. That's our, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a joy. You know, I, I've been a photographer for 20 years, uh, primarily shooting weddings in the beginning. He was sperm when he started. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. And, uh, you know, 10 years into it, I started shooting video because I got a little bored and I needed to mix things up. I needed more challenges. I needed to like to tell a different story with, you know, if a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth 10,000 or, or a million. I don't know. It's a fortune. Yeah. It's just, it's just exponential what you can do with storytelling through video. But you have you to have an eye. Do you have, yeah. by default, do you have an eye for I that? do. I do. That's I great. went to Cuesta College. I grew up in Paso. I went yeah. to Cuesta College. Uh, the only class I cared about was photography. Yeah. And like me with radio. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I, I, college, right. I took that beginning black and white class and um, the first assignment was portraits. And so I did a portrait of this really goth kid in a, in a Cayuca Cemetery. And uh, my I super my, dope. Were you, I got, were you goth a little bit? No, I wasn't. But he was. I was the opposite. I was in, you know, I was like happy, nice, yeah. you know, bright, <laughs> bright. The opposite of goth. ASB. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was the opposite. But yeah. I was showing my uh, teacher the pictures thinking he was going to trip out a little bit. And he said, man, you got a great eye, you know, and Dang. look at the contrast and the depth of field and, you know, the composition words I didn't know the definitions to at the time. But that was encouraging, and I, I knew I loved capturing people, you know. And so I've been doing it for 20 years. Uh, about six years ago, I jumped into f f filming for wineries. And so I get to tell stories for wineries all across Paso Robles. And I love how you said tell stories because it's something I have been loving doing in my own way for a long, long time. But for you to be able to do it with literally a half press of your finger and then a full press, boom, yeah. like you get that focus, boom, you just, like it, it takes an eye. It takes a lot of uh, interesting and like unique talent and vision to tell a whole story in just literally a moment. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I really, I'm a people photographer, so I, I kind of anchor a photo around people. I'm not, I'm not as much going out in nature and just shooting, you know, endless 
horizons w- without people. So uh, it's always people centric because I just, I love people. I'm interested in them. They, everyone's got their own story, their own world that they're living in. And when I get a camera, it's like a backstage pass into who they are. That's so cool. Yeah. I, and I love the, the, your heart behind what you just said, I think shows, I mean, you could see that. You could mm-hmm. feel that when you see a picture of someone who's taking it really knows what they're doing. I think of like, we were in Paris. It was one of my favorite things we did. We went to Jude de Palme and saw Dorothea Lange's you know, whole exhibition. Mm-hmm. And of course, like Migrant Mother was actually f- shot in the Pomo. Are you familiar with the picture I'm talking about? That was your mother? No, no, Migrant oh. Mother. Oh, yeah, okay. the name of the picture. I'm like, I thought you yeah, said yeah, yeah. my mother. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. you're that kid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, you're I am famous. the kid. Yeah, that would be, I would be like, super, I would go super viral. Let's start that. I'm the kid from the Migrant Mother. <laughs> Not Geo, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So anyways, do you know the picture in my head? I do. Okay, so yes. that picture was actually taken in the Pomo. Uh, yes, I know and, that picture. And there's so many pictures of that time. That, not your mom. No, not my mom. That uh, your mom. That was yes. going through, like, you know, going through Dorothea Ling's Collection. exhibition yeah. in this place. It was so cool to see, one, so many pictures from Slow County, where I'm from, while yeah. I'm walking around a museum in Paris. But two, the way that she captures people. Yeah. Yeah, you really, eyes are a window to the soul and a yeah. photograph, you can really reach in and, and like pull out who people are. And, and I, that's the best compliment people can tell me is you totally captured the spirit of this person or who they are. That's really cool. Yeah. When um, when you do video, mm-hmm. how do you kind of like attack that? And same kind of thing, I mean, or just recapture and then it's all how you kind of edit it and finalize it or what? Yeah, you know, uh, video is, is something that I pioneered for in my business uh, 10 years ago. But then I, I raised up uh, my nephew to to learn to do video and edit video, and he's our primary director. So uh, I I'm not allowed to video anymore. He he and our team we have another guy who films and edits for us. So I've got a couple people that so do the video. You started this, and now you got a couple people. Yeah. Wow, good for you, man. So you know, David uh, will imagine the shots in his head and and like know how he wants to move the camera and have the person move, the subject move, uh, and he directs that. And then we have an amazing editor who puts it all together. Um, and so we're, we're a really awesome team. What's it like photography? Uh, what's photography like with wine country, Paso wine country, meeting all these people, telling all these stories? It's amazing. You know, it's, it's like getting in a river and swimming and getting to know all these different people in this whole uh, industry that I've before that wasn't privy to. You know, I grew, growing up in Paso, vineyards, I could see them from out behind my house. Um, and, uh, and you know, I didn't drink wine as a kid, of course. And then I, I actually worked at Castro Cellars a couple harvests uh, when I was 16, 17. And then fast forward to, you know, in, in, you know, in recent years getting to getting to know all these winemakers and their stories and their passion. You know, they always say it's a mix of art and science. Well, that's the same with photography, you know, and with videography and telling stories. And and, uh, so I get to get to know all these individual stories and, you know, why they're doing it. Because it's crazy. Not everyone should, you know, be winemakers. And, you know, it's a lot of sacrifice. It's a lot of sleepless nights. Harvest is insane. And uh, and it's expensive. It's a lot of facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have the facial hair for it. And yeah. so to get to know these characters and, and hear why they're doing this and how they got going, it's, it's just always so interesting. Yeah. Everyone's so different. And so Paso's full of this... Uh, endless camaraderie and uh passion and and you know there's like it's like the fellowship of of wine 
you know, geeks. Before you know. I ask uh, Chris about like 23 Harvest, yeah. I want to talk to you about like aerial photography is a big thing. Yeah. I love my drone. I love yeah. flying it up over things. I love, it's, really uh, fun. it's it's so funny because my fiance, she's so cute. She's like, every time you bring up that drone, it's just both of us get nervous. <laughs> You're running around pacing. Is yeah. it going to come back in time? Yeah. It's fun, these things. And so you've turned it into a, you know, a part of your portfolio mm-hmm. and what you can offer. I mean, look, we are over one of the most prettiest vineyards here. You got rolling hills throughout all the different 11 sub AVAs mm-hmm. in Paso. So how has um, how has this kind of evolved? Just that aerial photography. Yeah. yeah so b- back in the day, you'd have to hire a helicopter pilot and go fly over, you know, a landscape to get the shots. And and now you buzz like you can buzz a five hundred dollar drone in the air and get these amazing photos and videos. Um, you know, the, the drone we have is really beautiful. It's got a Hasselblad camera on what it. What you rock? What do you rock? Uh, it's the DJI Mavic Three or something okay. Pro. It's Pro is in there. Yeah. You know. It's it's pretty. It's I got the Mini Three Pro. Okay, yeah. Which so, is still great. Yeah, but the Mavic Three Pro that's pretty sick. Yeah, it's got a Hasselblad lens on it. So yes, it's pretty amazing. You throw an ND filter on it. Yes. when you're shooting video, and then um, what but does the ND filter do? It helps. Um, it's a neutral density filter, so it helps cut some of the sun? highlights. Okay. so that you can in post edit really good. You know, so it might look dim when you're doing it, but then in post yeah. you bring some color out. Good for sunsets, things like that. Yeah, you know, now I'm just selfishly trying to pick your brain. You here. need to ask my editor because <laughs> uh, those guys are the the real uh, brains behind all of the. Uh, you have a drone, Toronto. You're the, you ever play with a drone? No, dude, they're so fun. What's amazing about the drone is you can just whip those things around yeah. the vineyard. And and my nephew who pilots the drones, David Delmore, he uh, grew up playing video games. And so he flies that drone like he's like, you know. Oh, these FPV drones. Yeah. yeah. He, we don't, are, he doesn't have an FPV. Those are nuts. We're though. working on it. We're getting there. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got a controller and he's been doing flight simulators. You got to do that for a while. We're going we're gonna to get there. But Dang. yeah, the, the, the shots he can get with a drone uh, are just so smooth and cinematic and you can, yeah, it's, it's, pretty it's well. awesome. So yeah, it's, it's a lot pretty of fun. cool. I'll tell you what, we've been, we've been uh, using Acacia Productions now for a few years uh, for so much of our uh, just everything production wise but even like today actually for instance I mean the simplest of things we needed we have a new team member Krista Smith and so we wanted to get a new team photo actually for, for us and seeing that we had a, a beautiful environment here and we called up Cam and hey can you come and do this but he's also been a part of the largest of large scale productions that we've done, like our brand Festo, some of our educational videos, uh, and so, so much more. It's, it's been a, just a, a pleasure working with these guys. The drone shots that they're able to do, I wanna point that out. When we were doing our educational videos, we were at a few different locations. Yeah. And the way it turned out, just these sweeping views, and you're like, whoa, that's so beautiful. That's so cool. Like, so magnificent and majestic. Like, it's, it, you know, it, I mean, it's not like, oh, wow, you're in Yosemite or something like that, but still. You're soaring over Paso Robles. Yeah. And it helps like, tell exactly. that story in a way yeah. that even we couldn't before. Like you yeah. said, back in the day, I have another filmmaker friend. He's like, he used to literally have corporations would pay him to book a helicopter and get mm-hmm. shots from a yeah. helicopter. It's crazy. Yeah. So to be able to do that now in this way and not only bring people to the vineyards, but in a way that even if you're here, it doesn't look that pretty because we only stand yeah. six feet tall-ish, yeah. but to see it like that is just To see oh. the expanse and the contrast of the hills and the horizons and, you know, like to us, like the drone is just another lens now. It's just another like shot that we can get to 
piece a story together. Yeah. And you know, it's not always necessary for every video, but it adds so much when you're telling a wine story. I think it's necessary. Every story. video, every video, <laughs> yeah. every video needs to I have mean, we, it now. 2023 harvest. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell me what you've heard from people. What have you What have you gone well, through? Well, yeah, it's definitely been uh, a very you know it was a cool year leading up to harvest, and so everybody was starting uh, a few many weeks late. Um, some people four weeks, some people six weeks. Uh, and of course, seeing you know white varieties coming in uh, <laughs> well into September, uh, it was kind of a bit unheard of. I mean, when you think back on the 2011 vintage, uh, that one was the coolest one that we've seen in quite some time. Now this one definitely uh, is is taking taking that title. And it's been cold on some of these mornings. And it has been cold lately too. Yeah. People are getting, so, people are getting pretty we're, worried. We're starting to hear though that people mm -hmm. are, are like a, a lot of the small guys are getting towards being all in. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's encouraging because we even have the potential of some rain in the horizon as what I was seeing earlier today and, and the next week or so. The things that are the late ripeners like Marvedra and Cab will We'll, we'll find out a little bit more here as, as we go, but everybody's just saying this is, this is great. Before we let you go, I want to talk to you about you were part of the team that took Paso Wine to Denver yeah. recently, some big tastings and celebrations. What was that like? Did you do your, your master class there? I've heard did, lore. Yeah. I've heard lore, beautiful lore of your <laughs> master class on Paso. People saying like, this wow, he really knocks it out of the park. It's pretty cool. cool. Uh, tell me what the Denver experience was like. Yeah, so we go on the road every year on these uh, these road shows, as we call them internally, when we bill them, it's like Paso Wine Tasting Tour, Denver, Houston, Dallas, Scottsdale, etc. And so uh, Denver was the last of our our uh, tour uh, for this year. Uh, and it was great. Uh, it was the first time that uh, we've been uh, there in, I think, 17, 18 years or something like that. Cool. So it's been quite some time. And we got direct flights from Slow. We have direct, and that's why we went there. Sure, we're, yeah. we're picking the right cities because it's like, okay, well, you know, the trade have a direct route, the consumers have a direct route. So the, the, what we typically do when we go into market is we'll start off with some form of a masterclass with uh, a restaurant that they likely know in their market, that yeah. they know being of high quality. So that's really fun to be able to bring our wines in and, and have it be with something, uh, a place that is well-known in market. And well-respected for them, the locals. Yes, exactly. Cool. Exactly. And then the next day is when we do our walk-around tastings. For this particular one, we partnered with uh, Visit SlowCal. Uh, so they actually had their own little media event happening in the upstairs mezzanine of the space uh, that we rented out. And so while, while we were having our trade tasting happening where trade like Psalms and buyers and the like come through, we had 23 wineries on, on the trip with us. Nice. And so while that's happening, you've got journalists showing up, going upstairs, getting a taste of, of Visit SlowCal. Uh, and hearing that story, because once again, direct flights. Yeah, no, so it's great having for the these area. journalists there, getting to know, you know, how close and how easy such a great location, such a great destination can be. And then we fall into a consumer tasting. That was a sellout. We had 300 plus Damn. tickets sold to that. Denver feeling pass out great. Oh, yeah. That was an easy, easy, easy sell, too. It yeah. seemed, uh, it, I mean, it sold out like about a week or so uh, before the actual event itself. And we had a wait list and all this cool. stuff. And People are feeling well, it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, when we come back, I'm going to ask Joel why I wasn't invited to that. I'm also <laughs> going to figure out how I can get on a, the next trip. Uh, Cameron Ingalls, Acacia Productions. In addition to what you 
you're doing, you've been working, like we talked about, a lot with Paso Wine. These Where Wine Takes You video campaigns have been, I mean, they're just visually very stimulating and beautiful. Talk about that campaign for a second. Yeah, so we're doing uh, a one-minute video that highlights one winery and showcases their their beauty and their culinary delights and their wine and what makes them unique to Paso. And and so you can watch a video. You can let me start over. Uh, <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> so we're we're doing these where wine takes you videos to showcase how unique each winery is throughout Paso Robles. And right now we've uh, this harvest we've done half a dozen campaigns. And so Paso Robles Wine Country Alliance is going to roll those out and do a whole blog post on them and share these one minute episodes of a winemaker talking or it's an owner or, you know, it's someone involved in the winery sharing their story. And it's this little soundbite. And like I said, if, if a picture's worth a thousand words, this is worth 10,000. And it really gives you this holistic energy and views and drone shots and, you know, like- I get my drone shots? Yeah, great nice. drone shots and Very really good. cinematic footage that like encompasses what this winery is all about. So you can know, okay, when I go to Paso, this is what I can expect when I go to Alta Kalina or Epic, or Thatcher, or Austin Hope, you know? Well, while we're trying to make the idea of where one takes you sound good, you are obviously making it look good, so cheers right. me. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks again to Cameron Ingalls of Acacia Productions, and of course, Chris Toronto from Paso Wine. All right, next pair up at the mic, two of my faves. I always get smarter after talking to Steve Peck of JLOR, and I always smile bigger chatting with Maggie Tillman of Alta Kalina. So this is gonna be as enlightening as it is fun. Let's go. How often do you see Steve Peck? I bet I run into you quarterly. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I would love yeah. it to be more. Always at exclusive events like this. That's yeah. exactly right. We had a lot of good feedback. We talked about that. Um, remember I told you my AHA wine was the Cuvée wines. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then back we, in the, yeah. And we had uh, that show at your new like hospitality center and we right. brought up some of the, it was like that one of those Cuvée wines was like in a big auction with like 50 cent or something. Yeah, what? that's right. You'll love this yeah. story. Listen to the yeah. story. Tell, yeah. tell well, her that story. Well, it, it, it was the uh, Houston Livestock and Rodeo. And, and so we were named the grand champion. So the best wine out of close to 3,000 wines. And uh, so, you know, to raise money for charity, of course, I, you know, it's not like the winery gets the money when, you know, a case of your wine goes for, you know, a quarter million dollars or whatever Crazy. the case may be. Crazy but yeah, uh, 50 Cent got up to uh, uh, $200,000 was his bid. And then a group of six, like three couples, joined forces and outbid him by, by $50,000. No way. And then a quarter year. million yeah. do- for a yeah. case of the, what was it? It was yeah. the STE, the city it, it would no. It was the Cuvée Pau, the, oh, the Pau Poyac. Poyac style. Yeah, your Poyac style. I spent half my day today with, with our uh, uh, wine club director uh, trying to sort out who gets what 
you know, with with the upcoming vintage because it, it's just one of those wines that you couldn't give it away during COVID because it's really restaurant centric. Really? The tasting rooms were closed and all that. Uh, you know, we had you, you know smoke affected uh, more North Coast in 2020, but it, it smoke really just glommed on to Cabernet Franc and Merlot and kind of. What is it so, about those so two varieties had, that that happens? You know, I don't know. I just call it stickiness. There's certain you know uh, uh, Petit Verdot and Syrah are the two most notorious where you know if you light a match or smoke a cigarette near the vineyard you know the wine's going to come out it's smoke, so funny because you always hear smoked, you always you hear know. how like resilient arise uh, uh well, not for that particular sure. effect because it has this stuff it already makes this stuff called guayacol which has is that kind of yeah smoky you know flavor to it but you know smoky wine sounds really good right but it, it, it as you know it it's more like you know drinking out of an ashtray you yeah know, at, at, that's you know, always at, what molly says is exactly the, yeah. smoke sounds nice but it's not campfire or, it's ashtray it's not it's yeah. not we're not talking whiskey or well mezcal. you know i wasn't a frat boy but but you know I'm, I'm sure all the frat boys out there could kind of remember somebody dropping their cigarette in your beer bottle and then you you, oh, you didn't notice right. that you took a drink of it anyway <laughs> yeah is brutal. that a thing it's, yeah. it's a thing yeah it yeah. sounds like a well, you, it, it sounds like it well this is, you know people like you know from where i come from you know it's like we're out of beer and you're kind of scouring the room you know at three in the morning you know uh, you know don't go at, into look, a can only go to bottles <laughs> looking for that last uh, you know where do you drink, come from uh, steve <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried their cuvee series yeah. like the Poyac i tried a couple of them but it's i've not tasted them yeah repeatedly yeah uh but it's a, such a cool it's yeah that was cool the first time i ever had a wine because i was working at vinoteca and i've told this story on the air so i'll tell it quick now but working at vinoteca part-time and it was the first time it was a it was a 97 98 99 vertical of the it was ste poyak and pom the the pomerol one and it was my first like wow wine can taste like this yeah. i gotta find more wines that taste like this yeah that's yeah. so cool yeah, no, and and of course, you know, not to go too deep on Paso, but you know, we're you know, you're safe. It's where, a safe space. <laughs> where on the west? Where on the west side did you grow this Cabernet Franc, for example? And we're like, nah, this is the type of stuff you can do, and you know, in the right places with good farming, really anywhere in Paso. Okay, know? so people so, have talked about yeah. 22 being like that winemaker's harvest, and this year might be that that wine grower's harvest. What do you see from 23, and is that right? Obviously, we've heard, oh, it's several. Weeks behind and we'll ask Maggie what Alta Kalina is seeing next but what, what do you see from 23 because you're the dudask you know our main income stream my, my paycheck comes from selling Seven Oaks Cabernet Sauvignon for under $20 a bottle you know uh, you know that the, the um, top selling appellated uh, Cabernet in the United States right um, and uh um, Take that treasury. So we've got, <laughs> you know, we're farming 3,000 acres here in Paso Robles, and the majority of it is dedicated to that kind of under 20 category. The fruit, the Cabernet coming off of those vineyards this year, we could easily put into our, you know, $40 a bottle hilltop Cabernet program. It's unbelievable the quality of wines we're getting this year. It's, it's, uh, you know, I'm an old guy. Um, you know, uh, I'm no longer 50 something. I've, you know, crossed that line back in September at my last birthday. Happy birthday. But this is, thank you. This is my, you could still be the next bond. This is, you know, not just the vintage of the decade, but it's the vintage of 
a career, not 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 just for my assistant winemaker or enologist or or you know our red winemaker Brendan Wood or all you know each you know were about ten years younger than one another and then again once again, but it it's a career um, defining uh, vintage and for Jerry Lore we just have to take it on on faith that the eighty nine may have been as good you know <laughs> yeah right man what a yeah. trip are you seeing the same uh, things Molly and the team and you guys at Alta Kalina. It's, I am so not the right person to answer this question. It's If you were to ask Molly and my dad, Bob, the quality is insane. The last time, you know, we're 20 years in at Alta Colina, and the last time we got hang times like this was 2011. And at the time... Colder year, wetter year. Mm-hmm. Really late, and the wine press was not enthused at the time, and then they've been proven wrong year after year, sort of after a decade plus. It's... The quality that comes out of that, the depth of flavor, the balance, sort of the intensity, the the option, like when we have the option to let that fruit hang, the development of flavor is insane. We were seeing unbelievable color in the vineyard. Molly would walk the rows with our vineyard manager, Daniel, you know, grab random berries, just even just breaking a berry on her finger. The color was unlike anything we've ever seen just in the field. The only bad part about 2011 was some people got frost. And I think 2011, you you could taste some great wine still from 2011 that is bomb. But it's been cold the last couple days. And I know some people have been concerned with that. Where you guys sit in the Adelaida, you know, sub AVA, has it been cold? You guys are pretty much, you guys are up there. We're up there. Counterintuitively, being at altitude gives us an advantage when it comes to freeze because that cool air settles in the valleys and it's really rare even in 11 we didn't have any substantial frost damage to speak of and that is a gift of our altitude we tend to sit above the frost line so while some of these questions might be molly and bob you know leaning what is the vibe at alta Kalina when people want to visit the the winery take the tours this is a fun time the sights the smells i mean you must see a lot of excitement in the eyes of people visiting right now it is the perfect time to be in Paso and every vessel that can possibly hold <laughs> fermenting liquid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is full. They got hydro flask things, you know. Oh yeah, we are. <laughs> the Rollers, Yetis. Exactly. The y- yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, and so there's it's sort of endless the stuff that our guests can see walking through and we, we've had to get a little creative you know so at Alta Clean it's it's a, a wonderful and analog facility I would say so the way we try to warm up our ferments is we literally forklift the bins into the sun mm-hmm. and so when you're tasting this time of year we have a sunny spot just next to these fermenting bins yeah and it's a really cool you know until you see it it just it makes a lot more sense yeah. right, of, of what fermentation looks like, what is actually happening, what what are the steps to get from a grapevine into a bottle. This time of year is the perfect moment to come through, and this year there's a lot to see. Now, certainly, Steve Peck and Jailer, you are not having space issues, are you? Or is, <laughs> is this a problem that can happen to big and small? Yeah, we it, we are full to the brim. You it's, are. It's really something um, to. Uh, you know, put together this, uh, you know, sort of um, unparalleled quality again w- with with quantity, and so um, you know the headlines across the United States this year were record temperatures in Texas and Colorado, and there were fires burning up in in Canada. But you know, I, I look at it like a Southern California kid. You know, you know, the hotter it is in Palm Springs, you know, the foggier it is at the beach in LA, right? It just kind of 
you know, that hot inland air rises yeah. and it, it draws in the cold air inland. So here in Paso Robles, what, you know, we're, we're sitting here in the Old Pomar district at Fabulous Winery. Um, what, we're 21 miles from the ocean front, something like that. And so all summer long, it was just the coolest summer we've had since 99. Um, and uh, uh, so, you know, we never had those heat spikes. The fruit didn't dehydrate or shrivel and shrink and, you know, that all, all the other euphemisms we use for, you know, for watching grapevine, you know, grapes go to nothing. You must be getting uh, fruit from a lot of different places just from, you know, besides just your place on the east side. I mean, you might be getting some fruit from... Oh, oh, yeah, too. yeah. Well, so, right. And Jaylor, you know, as we've grown, you know, you know, our newest vineyards, you know, they're not down in the carrot patch in the riverbed. Our our newer vineyards, to the contrary, we we one of our vineyards is called Raincatchers, the furthest west vineyard in all the Pass Robles AVA. We've got one on on Peach Canyon Road that shoot you could you could probably grow lemons on that property. So even with the recent frosts, you know, you know, as you said, we're above, you know, higher altitude. We're above the frost line right now is a great time to, if you're shopping for a vineyard, now's a good time to drive around because you can see the frost line in every vineyard. And, and, uh, you know, you don't want that property that it's, you know, totally smoked from the freezes that we had. You uh, mentioned rain catcher. What is, uh, what did rain catcher get with all that rain we got? And what did, you guys see from 23 with all like what are we seeing now in the grapes that was from all that rain earlier <laughs> yeah um excuse me but yeah rain catcher uh, uh my wife leah is with me here today she and i helped coin the name of, of this vineyard for the lore family but um it it records the the highest uh, rainfall totals of of any of the uh past robles wine country alliance weather stations and this year i think the number was 42 inches at that property um and and, and so um you know i think we irrigated once and we probably didn't even need to do that this you know over the summer yeah what, so. what does that affect like can or this or that like what well, I think yeah bigger canopy um, it was a uh, uh, which kind of everything becomes later uh, I think you know you have a later bud break you know when, when you when you have these uh, uh, wet winters and so later flowering late later color development or veraison and later harvest and so you just cross your fingers for this uh, hang time that you know uh, that uh, we were talking about that that uh, gives you enough time to be able to pick those grapes in November. And you kind of have to, it's a nail biter because you're yeah. crossing your fingers, hoping that the frost doesn't come, the rain doesn't come, the fire doesn't come, you know, all these yeah. kind of things that can happen this time of year. Okay, Maggie, what are some, uh, I went to In Bloom recently. I got to talk to you about the hot spots. Like, you, you're always out and about and stuff like that. What have you uh, been do lately or what's going on with you? Last night, my parents and I went to the Hatch. They nice. just redid their fall menu and it is insane. Really? It's so, so good. Yes. Highly recommend the rabbit dumplings. Rabbit dumplings? Yes. I don't think I'm cut out for rabbit. Was it gamey? No, it was okay. delicious. I'll try it because I know they're they're good. They're really, really good. good. Scotch egg, highly recommend. Oh, that's cool. The beets were, the the beets the were incredible. The schnitzel was insane. The schnitzel can also feed a party of six. So be warned. Dang. But that was 
you know, that's a restaurant that we've loved for a long time, and it's a totally reinvented menu that's still really on brand, and they're just doing really cool stuff. We were at In Bloom. They have these, like, onion fritters, and it's, like, this onion that just, like, is, like, it just spazzes out, and then you just dip it in some, like, almond, like, I mean, like, apple walnut butter. It's ridiculous. What I'm hearing is Outback's Bloom and Onion, but fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> totally sign right. me And up. then we had this one, um, he, uh, Chris brought out a couple glasses of their rosé, a beer cart and with these fried chicken with like this little creamy thing and the caviar on it you're just showing off now no but i'm thinking <laughs> pass away. i mean what you can you know and then of course it's crazy and then la Cosetra's reborn and doing a lot of fun stuff so it's a scene right now for sure it's there is so much good food to eat and i think everyone is just upping their game and it makes me hungry yeah i got asked by the city to host their new year's eve Bye. Yeah, they're gonna do a ball drop at nine. So yeah, maybe so. Come on, we need some we need some fun people to come out to the park. Party time, stay tuned. Party time, very good. Uh, Maggie Tillman, we got Steve Peck, the one and only. It's been a long time. Tell Amadeus, your son, I said hello. Yeah. Uh, oh, he he's gonna love hearing from you. Your yeah. son's name is Amadeus. It it is. Yeah. I have never yeah. met a, a live human named Amadeus. Pretty that's cool. The best name. <laughs> it's one of the coolest songs ever. <laughs> I love it. One of the kids in his dorm's middle name is Amadeus. What? Believe it or not. No way. I don't know what brought them together crazy yeah. well, it is pretty rare so good to see you can't wait to have some sips with you both uh, very soon thank you both for sharing where wine takes you thank Cheers, you folks. ching ching yeah <laughs> Give me that sound, boogie bow. We pass on round till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. Again, thanks to Steve Peck, Maggie Tillman. Love both those folks. Okay, our final duo. Super pumped to catch up with Peter Tyrone. He's the winemaker at Booker, an extremely talented guy. And we're also meeting Josh from Ella's Vineyard. He and his wife have a tasting room out of Tin City. And Josh, who makes the wine, has been making wine for just a handful of years. So I can't wait to see what this harvest is teaching him and maybe what Peter can add from what he is seeing at Booker. Let's check this out. Cheers, friends. Here Cheers, we go. Cheers. Look at that. Pete, like a straight winemaker. You don't have the vest on, but you're drinking beer. That's right. So you're doing the role. My man, Pete Tyrone Booker is here. We also have uh, Josh from Ella's Vineyard. Uh, they got vineyards right down the street from where we're at in the El Pomar sub-AVA, but their tasting room is in Tin City. Pete, I haven't seen you for a minute. Good to see you, my man. Yeah, it's good to see you, too. It's been a long time. It's been fun to like connect. I mean, I've known you since your old epic days. That's right. I mean, you brought you started that, that uh, sweet wine, the, the dessert wine over there. Yeah, called Possibility. Possibility, that's right. And then you did that with Kyle and I remember Kyle Grass, yep. Super cool. Yeah, and Jordan. That was those are good times. They're just like my favorite people ever. And I was just I loved talking to you off the air and kind of reminiscing of those times. You've had a really like dynamic career. You know, whether it was your, you know, your chalk hill and stuff before then, coming down with Jordan and then at Epic and now at Booker. There's a whole lot going on. And really, I mean, you were, you know, instrumental as far as being on that team and making the wine that put them in a great position for some great evolution. Yeah, I hit the ground running and never looked back. And yeah. I'm still heading you're still with a full head yeah. of steam. Yeah, I'm still going. How is 23 looking for uh, for Booker? Oh my gosh, 
2023 is uh, such an epic vintage. You know, it's it's a it's a slow start. It's a it's a late finish and it's a tough finish. We're working really hard right now to get it done, but everything that's in the house right now is just superb quality. We're talking like a vintage for the ages. I keep calling it a Goldilocks vintage. People said that we had Steve Peck on here before, and I think a dude knows a thing or two, right? Like Steve Peck's been yeah, around the been block. Around, yeah. yeah, he knows what's up, and he was just like career. Vintage. I think I'm making the best wines of my life right That's now. It's so exciting. And it's really exciting, especially Syrah from the Booker property is just insane. Take me inside the, you know, your lens and be like, what do you see? What do you taste? What do you smell that makes you think that this early? You know, because I love doing like tank tastings or barrel tastings or tasting whatever's going on with the ferment, but I don't know what I'm tasting. I certainly don't know what that's going to end up being. What are you tasting right now that's like, man, this is incredible? It's really hard to put into words. As a winemaker, you learn to taste ferments and get an idea of what that wine will taste like later. Uh, definitely, you get an idea of what the quality is versus other vintages. And um, so, yes, what, what you're tasting is just intensity, uh, especially of color and also of mid-palate richness, uh, things that come through early. So, yeah, the fruit is very primary when it's young. You're not going to get those tertiary flavors until it ages in the barrel and then in the bottle. Uh, that's okay. That'll come later. Right now, what you're looking for is the quality of the tannins. Uh, the tannins this year are very, very subtle and velvety and finessed. Uh, they have structure, but they're not what overpowering. What, what does that? Is that the long growing season? Is it the rain that we had? Like, what, what makes these sexy tannins that you're, as the genius that you are, able to taste right now? I don't, I don't like to get into the vine's head and, and try to speak for it. Like The vine does what it does. But if I were to guess, it would be the extended hang time. Uh, we are very blessed with this vintage. And, you know, as I'm sure your previous guests have noted, uh, yeah, we had a lot of rain. Um, we had a very cool sort of growing season and really marked by a lack of really hot um, spells like we were seeing last year in 22 for oh, instance. sure yeah. yeah it was a it was a night and day uh 2022 we were picked out earlier than we've ever been done with harvest ever in the past and this year 2023 we're finishing harvest later than we've ever finished in the past so you they couldn't be more different um, but what we got was we did have a late verasion so um that's we, when the color turns from green to red right exactly yes. for the red wines or the white wines they start or the white grapes they start to soften mm -hmm. um, um, and so we were waiting for phenolic development later than we, we had. But even so, we had such great weather all through the harvest season. We were always, you know, knocking on wood, waiting for that rain or, or the frost or whatever to hit. And like so far down here in Paso Robles, we haven't had any of that. We've had just this Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold uh, season where we had this extended hang time. So we had the late verasion, but we also could wait until late October to pick these grapes. And they're just phenomenal. It's funny. I've heard like 20. 2019 was huge. Then everyone's like, oh my God, 2021, beautiful. But then 2023, who knew? Who knew? Right? You I never mean, know. Yeah, you never know. You know, let me let me ask you, are you listening to certain music inside the cellar when you, can I, can I try and peg your music? Are you listening to music? Because I, I, I think I'll peg it if I guess. Why don't you give it a shot? I mean, so my cellar, I kind of relinquish control because okay. I feel like whoever's doing the dirtiest job gets to pick the music. That's nice. And I'm in a point in my career where I don't have to do the dirtiest jobs anymore. God bless. And so shout out to 
of my crew. They're doing an amazing job, and they have eclectic musical taste. Are you just like, oh my god, what are these kids listening to? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think I like to listen to when I'm doing? Yeah. I have to do 15 punch downs and I'm like an hard, hour, hard and I want to go home. Hard rock, maybe metal, maybe something, it's maybe close. something almost like Daniel Callahan, like. It's a really good guess, Adam, but not quite. It's, oh no. Uh, yeah, it's it's punk rock. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hardcore punk from like the old 90s. Punk? Okay. No, like like the the wave that was when I was a kid. Well, like Green Day? Uh, more like Rancid. Okay, so we're okay, so that's pretty hard. Yeah, no effects, Pennywise. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Offspring. So that's pretty you know, hard. Yeah. Just, okay, there you go. Just knock it out. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. We got Josh here from Ella's Vineyard. Okay, what is your uh, what are we listening to in the cellar? You do this with your buddy. You guys are pressing, you're doing your thing, your punch downs. Oh man, we're all over the place. Is it? Oh yeah, we're just full ADD with music mm-hmm. uh, Black Keys it'll be Old Waylon Jennings it'll okay be... so a little country a little old oh, country yeah. yeah cool all over the stuff it's dep- and you know it depends on where we're at too in the day like a little more mellow in the morning and then you can start switching over to some EDM and that kind of ridiculous stuff late at yeah. night and you're just trying to stay awake now you guys are doing early pay- you guys are early you guys are going long how are we doing how are we it's funny because I went to France and they're like oh yeah we at 5 o'clock we're going home like it's so <laughs> different than here yeah no the, uh, just the last week was brutal I mean yeah. it was 18 hours 20 hours 21 hours 18 hours just back to back so you sleep for 3 or 4 hours and then you're up and doing it I'm again. surprised you even shaved I yeah not yeah I mean I mean but I see some like super like look at like Neil Collins right now I can't you probably can't even recognize <laughs> oh, him right yeah. I mean but um, so what have you been noticing with your fruit do you have some fruit not far from where we are here at Fabulist totally yeah we're not quite as far behind as I think the West Side guys are uh, we're only running about a week to two weeks behind um, but the favorable conditions compared to last year's just been night and day yeah and for us we we're dealing most mostly with italian varietals so for us color is a really difficult thing like we're always trying to get as much color and extraction as we can and this year's crazy like we're just we probably won't even pull sonnets this this year because it's just how many years you've been making wine josh this will be full-time six years. Okay. You have Pete Tyrone here in front of you. I know. And this is a free consult because he can't charge you because this is on the podcast. <laughs> you have a free question I'll build, here. I'll Adam. You get, you get two questions and he can bill me. What, what, when, you look at the, yeah, what, when you look at the harvest and this, what, when you need to pick a brain of someone like a Pete Tyrone, what, do you even have a question that you can ask him right now or what? The que- okay, so and I don't I care can... how geeky it is. We just want to listen and be in on it. <sighs> I feel like the question on a t- sitting at a table is a really tough thing. But if I could ask questions in the vineyard when we're tasting things together, that's where I'd have a million questions. Okay. For. Well, since so I won't be I, there and get content, that sucks. But I, I will. Know. Will you allow him to have one phone call to you? Absolutely. Okay. So we will get his number. You can only use it once. <laughs> I'm in. And of course, I won't be able to record as many this. times as you need. Yeah. <laughs> it's my lifeline, right? The <laughs> but the, but I mean, for someone who's only done it for you know f- uh, six years, are there people that you pick up the phone and and go like, hey man, like I'm seeing this. What am I? What do I make of this? Dude, we were so fortunate um, to not go into things too too far. But way back, I had a video production company, and we did a documentary on wine here in Paso for PBS. And we interviewed a lot of the OG winemakers, Gary Eberly and the Becketts and Toby, cool. and it was really cool. But yeah. I remember when we were doing that, coming from an industry that's very cutthroat and kind of out everybody out for themselves, entertainment, media, advertising. I couldn't get over how. Every winemaker that we were talking to, everybody in the industry here in Paso was just like, we understand that a rising tide is going to lift all ships. Paso first, our personal labels and projects second. And that just caught me off guard. Fast forward now to where we have our own uh, vineyard and label, 
and we experienced that firsthand. Uh, Terry Colton took us under his wing. Legend, he's a cool dude. Legend, and the guy has a million things more important than me, and he just set that aside over and over and over again to answer all of our, I'm sure, felt like stupid questions, um, and it was just, it was unreal. Like, yeah. So getting that level of experience, the the years and years and years of experience that he has. And just kind of having that on speed dial was crazy. Were there people that you leaned on, Pete, especially as you're taking your brand to another level and were really, like, putting the gas on? Were there people locally that you just, like, you know, really... Even if it's just, like, having a beer with afterwards and venting to? Absolutely. I mean, I can't even list all the names. There's just... We're all in it together. And, uh, yeah, whether it's going, you know, going to Hubba for the after, you know, for the industry night, getting a pizza and just seeing... 20 people that you know bouncing ideas off it it's it's just amazing it's one of the reasons i'm here you know besides the grapes yeah the weather uh it's the people yeah well we're glad that you are how can people taste uh, ella's vineyard you guys are in tin city uh, how many days a week are we open and what's the deal so we're seven days a week 11 to 7 so i mean when you've when everybody else is closed we're usually uh we've still got the doors open we're in the tin city annex so um yeah cow meadow Cow Meadow. That's yeah, the one. it's really not a Cow Meadow, but it's a street called Cow Meadow. It's right before Marquita. You go down, you'll find fun names like Emerson, yep. Orion's over there, uh, MCV. You got a candy company over there. I mean, it's a really exciting place, but because you are like the newer, like fresher dirt over there, um, I, you know, you, it might be like a foot traffic thing, but I mean, that's going to change. I mean, there's a lot coming in there, and you guys are killing it. And, you know, Tin City, with a lot of the foot traffic, you guys are probably getting people who really, if they're there, they want to be there. Totally. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, do we need an appointment or do we, can we walk in or what? Appointments are obviously preferred, but walk-ins are always welcome. And what are we tasting right now when we come in and hang? Uh, right now we've got, uh, we've got our Pinot Grigio for our white, and then we've pouring our Sangiovese. We've got a little Super Tuscan blend that we call our Lavoro, and we've got a Nebbiolo, which is my personal favorite right now. What made you want to get into Italian varietals? It just was total happenstance. We were... It's what we inherited with the property, and to be honest, we had the kind of the intent of grafting over, but for the sake of just seeing what the vineyard could do, we thought, well, let's just give it a go, and we totally fell in love with it. Do you make wine differently, Pete, when you're making Italian varieties, or do you just make it the same way you would make all-star Rhone blends too, or is it is there a different hat you'd put on for those varieties? No, you, you definitely need to meet each variety where it's at, and if you're dealing with something like Nebbiolo, that's a whole different beast than any kind of Rhone grape. Um, talking about very low color, very high tannin, uh, amazing aging potential, So, which is great for, for a winemaker, but really difficult for a consumer, right? Because they don't have the patience for that. No, they so. want to drink it on the way home. Exactly. So how you make that wine is, is you know, it's very important how you approach that to, to make sure that they can enjoy that early on. It's going to be very difficult. Would you agree? Oh, totally. Yeah. So we've been, Kat mentioned it earlier, we've been kind of adhering to that minimum of 36 months in barrel. I feel like it just doesn't really get to that kind of consumable level until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've been going as much as 60 months with it. So cool. Fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a waiting game for sure. Well, check out what uh, Josh and Kat are doing in Tin City, Ella's Vineyard. Where's the name come from? Uh, that's my second oldest daughter, Ella. Oh, yeah, cool. She's, she's eight years old. And so the first daughter is like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you named the winery after her? It was actually an evening of the scales. So oh, okay. We, yeah, what, do you have another winery named after? <laughs> oh, we've got a little vacation rental property in Atascadero that's oh. called the Grace Maryland. Okay, State. very good. Yeah. That's good, yeah. <laughs> She's oh. got the vacation house. Totally. That might that might actually equal out later on. There you go. Well, uh, check them out. Ellasvineyard.com, guys? Yes.
ellasvineyard.com and we're tasting uh, we need an appointment for Booker uh, yes Booker but if you want you can check out the My Favorite Neighbor Tasting Room if you want to just drop in always welcome uh, I believe Thursday through Sunday on that but yeah get a, an appointment at Booker it's super easy just go to the website bookerwines.com just uh, make an appointment on talk and we'll get you in there no the problem. idea of taking a premium brand and being able to put it on you know shelves and tables and kitchen tables all over the country and I remember talking to Eric during COVID and when this was just kind of launching and the Harvey and Harriet stuff I mean it's really exceptional to be able to get that quality of these people I mean it's really telling that story because these people have to know like they're getting some incredible fruit from some incredible hands and talent that are you know available just on their shelves all, all across the country yeah the struggle we're finding is just getting the word out because we're making these wines Harvey and Harriet for instance um, we're, we're about to take the Harvey and Harriet from $30 we're going to take it down a couple bucks um, and that's something that Eric did during COVID recognizing people were having a hard time the whole you know on the label you have a man and a woman holding hands on a tightrope right the whole symbology of Harvey and Harriet is a shout out to his parents who are working class who couldn't afford an $80 bottle of Syrah if you will so it's a red blend it's 30 bucks, and now it's going to be a little bit cheaper and that's just anytime we can uh, deliver value for our customers, we're going to do that. And we're making these wines the same way that we would make Booker. We're just finding these great values in fruit around uh, the greater Paso Robles area. We're asking them to farm organically. Uh, we're not requiring them to be certified, but we want them to be a part of our journey on, you know, our ecological journey to you know, help save this earth. And uh, we want to just make great wines like legit, serious, badass wines. Uh, no sugar, no residual sugar, no concentrates, no additives, just everything you'd expect from a Booker wine, but at a lower price point that you can drink on a Tuesday. We were talking to the great Steve Peck. He was talking about how his paycheck largely is because of the Seven Oaks cab, but he was saying the fruit from 23, he's like, it's so crazy, the fruit that is going into the Seven Oaks cab this year <laughs> because of just how beautiful this harvest is, mm -hmm. that like this is what normally goes into like our 40 something dollar cabs. So it's crazy that, you know, when you, especially like what you guys are doing with the My Favorite Neighbor and the Harvey and Harriet bringing value, but that quality, like you just noted, is so there. Yeah, I'm super excited. This, I mean, there's a buzz among winemakers about this vintage. I'm sure you've been talking to a lot of them. We're so excited. We can't wait. You know, we have to wait a couple years before we put it in bottles. So, I know, I know. Uh, that's the hardest part, but um, I'm really excited to taste these wines with our consumers. Yeah, I love it. Um, we have uh, from Booker, from Ella's Vineyard, Pete, also Josh. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Thanks for sharing more wine takes you. Happy harvest. Yeah, happy harvest. So give me that awesome chats thanks pete josh and of course again thanks to maggie tillman of alta kalina steve peck from jaylor cameron ingles acacia productions and chris toronto of paso wine now, for our Travel Paso Spotlight, I actually want to spotlight Travel Paso. I want you to check out TravelPaso.com. Follow at Travel Paso on your socials. When you hit the website, you see this beautiful video. And when you scroll down, you can literally get all kinds of ideas on how to map your next visit to Paso. Pet-friendly spots, family-friendly spots. You know, I got lost down this wormhole for like 10, 15 minutes looking at all the road trips that they got listed on here. So many beautiful road trips, all kinds of road trips from Vineyard Drive, Adelaide Road, the Cowboy Loop, some of the most beautiful, natural California country drives. 
are right here in Paso Wine Country. They got a great food guide, event guide, when, where are the concerts. I mean, Travel Paso has got it all. So while normally we spotlight certain places to go and things to do, I wanted to take a chance today and really spotlight them and the resources that they've created for us. And there's a ton of them. Again, your socials at Travel Paso and of course, travelpaso.com. Also some great leads if you wanna do holiday activities, gift ideas, when you wanna stay up here, a lot of options, obviously hotels, boutique spots, but Airbnbs, private rentals, vineyard homes, they can link you up to all those too. So check it out, travelpaso.com. Okay, boom, the harvest lowdown for 2023 in the books. That is where wine takes you, baby. We are executive produced by Paso Wine and Joel Peterson, associate producer and fulfillment from Jamie Guzman. Also want to welcome Krista Smith on board to Paso Wine. She's the new marketing manager, and I'm excited for her to jump in to some of these conversations that include the podcast. Very much looking forward to working with Krista more again. Where Wine Takes You, recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. Original music on the podcast. Good Company, performed by Moonshiner Collective. Stream them wherever you get your music, and you can learn more at moonshinercollective.com. Equipment transport and technical consideration provided by Fly With Wine. For more on me, you can check out adamonteal.com, including my Breaking and Entering Christmas, which is in its 10th year I've done on the air where we find a needy family. Listeners, supporters will nominate a family in need. And this is a family who, by all accounts, won't be having a Christmas. Christmas is just not in the cards for them. And with the help of the person that nominates them, we get into their house. The family stays completely anonymous. They never, I have families that never even knew it was us. We get in there, we bring a tree, we bring presents for the kids, money, food, and we leave behind a Christmas spirit that will change them forever. It's really something that takes a Christmas that maybe a family never wanted to remember and turns it into a Christmas that they never want to forget. My 10th annual Breaking and Entering Christmas. To learn more, to help donate, nominate a family, go to Adam Montiel, M-O-N-T-I-E-L, adammontiel.com. So this is publishing right before the 11th. So the 11th, I'm going to be out emceeing an event. It's in downtown Slow, but it features a ton of Paso wines. It's called the Autumn Soiree at Hotel Slow. Pretty cool event. A lot of Paso wineries that don't do a lot of tastings are at this tasting. It's a really cool event. Last year, it was like Epic, Herman Story, Union Sacre, among a ton more. So you can check out my Instagram for more or look up Autumn Soiree and check out a bunch of fantastic Paso wineries this Saturday where I'll be emceeing the festivities. Don't forget PasoWine.com, a must stop for any and all things Paso Wine and the Paso Wine app. It's right there on your smartphone at your fingertips. Go into your app store, search for Paso Wine. It is a killer app. No in-app purchases or any of that mumbo jumbo. Check it out in your app store, search for Paso Wine. Thank you in advance for sharing the podcast with a friend, subscribing, rating five stars, reviewing the podcast. It does mean a lot. Thanks for connecting with us here. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Harvest 2023. To those who have made it happen, may the fruits of your labor bring joy to our conversations, warmth to our gatherings, and add another hour at table with those we love. So here's the Harvest 2023 and all the stories now and future it holds and relishing where wine takes you. So give me that warm sound, get by, we pass all around till the job is camped out in the cheese that will simplify the company. Give me that warm sound, get by, we pass all around till the job is camped out in the cheese that will
will simplify because Give me that moment, time will get by We pass on round to Charis Trail Camped out in the trees We'll simplify on good company Give me that moon, time will get by We pass on round to Charis Trail Camped out in the trees We'll simplify on good company